Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, Grace for Living. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. that I will declare in power your word. And I pray that you fall afresh upon sinners and saints alike, that you open their minds, that they may be informed of your glorious gospel, that we pray that you write the gospel upon their hearts and minds. And beyond that, we pray that you transform your people. Change them from glory to glory. Enable all of us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, our sovereign Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Grace for Living. That's the title. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Open your Bible. Take a look at it. I asked some people this morning, what did I preach Wednesday morning? Six o'clock, right here. People had a hard time to find out and remember. May God give us a sound mind to know the Word of God. Grace for living. Sir, that's the title. Young man, it is grace for living. To deal with all your temptations and problems. Grace for living. We as Christians have weaknesses. This text tells us that we have weaknesses. Not just weakness, weaknesses. Though we are justified, we are still sinners, our bodies are frail and sick. We live in a fallen world, we must die. We have strong enemies like the devil and his demons. We are hated by the world who oppose Jesus Christ and his gospel. Let me read to you what Jesus himself said to his disciples, 24th chapter of Matthew, and beginning with verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers arrayed against us. So in chapter 4 of Hebrews 14 through 16, in this section we need, we are told about the need for grace because of our many weaknesses. We need God to help us. We need grace, we need help. We need superior help, supernatural help. We need help of the sovereign Lord of the universe, the Almighty One. And the good news is we have the help of Jesus Christ. The author tells us Jesus Christ is superior to prophets, superior to angels, superior to Moses, and superior to Aaron. 
and his priesthood. This superior one, our Lord Jesus Christ, by his incarnation and death on the cross, earned for us eternal rest. Every believer in the person and work of Jesus Christ enters into this everlasting rest even now. So let me tell you, the most foolish thing anyone can do is to turn away from Jesus Christ because of temptations and trials of our enemies. This was the problem with the Hebrews. They were about to forsake and chuck everything. No, one must hold fast to the confession. So the writer to the Hebrews tells us, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. In just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But the righteous one will live by faith. He will persevere. And then we are told, if he shrinks back, if he forsakes the confession, I will not be pleased with him. As a little boy, I saw this scripture on our walls, and I read it, and I said, I cannot shrink back. Israel in the wilderness did not persevere. They were unbelieving, they shrank back, and failed to enter into God's everlasting rest for the saints. Instead of shrinking back, we are exhorted in in this section of scripture to draw near to God and enjoy divine help for living our Christian life here and now. Don't tell me about your needs. I'm aware of it. But I'm giving you a solution to draw near to God. For three reasons we must draw near to God. First, we have a great high priest. We have a great high priest. Chapter 2, 10 through 18, the writer told us concerning the work of this great high priest. This great high priest has solved our problem of sin once and for all. Look at chapter 1, verse 3, having provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Most High. He is the author of our salvation, made perfect through suffering. He became perfect high priest through his perfect obedience to God's will. And we are told, thus he became source of our eternal salvation, chapter 5. We are told the Son learned obedience through suffering. The Son became man, that our debts be paid by his death on the cross. And we are told that this Jesus Christ is our elder brother, interested in us, to help us. His younger brothers, who have weaknesses. He made atonement for our sins, we are told in chapter 2. He is our propitiation. The wrath of God against us has been turned away from us. There is no more wrath against us. He knows all about temptation because he was tempted in all things like us, yet he never yielded to temptation. 
The one who knows the full power of temptation is the one who never yields to temptation. Don't tell me Jesus doesn't know. He knew the power of temptation to the fullest degree. And Jesus, our great high priest, never yielded to temptation. He was victorious over all sorts of temptations. He is all-powerful to help us. He knows our temptation. He knows we are weak. But don't worry, he is strong to help us in each and every temptation and trial we face in our life. I say Jesus Christ is the great high priest, superior to Aaronic high priesthood. Aaronic high priest entered into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. Every Levitical priest was a sinner, so he needed first to atone for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He entered into the earthly most holy place with the sacrificial blood of an animal. And he entered only once a year for a very short period of time to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, the throne of God in the tabernacle. The Levitical priest could never sit down for his work was never finished. And there were many Levitical priests because they died one after another. We needed a high priest, a great high priest, Kohen Gadol. A sinless one, a perfect one, perfected through sufferings. One who can enter forever the heavenly sanctuary. Having gone through the heavens, one who entered paradise, the very presence of God. He's seated there forevermore. He died, he rose. He ascended. He went through the heavens. Nothing can block him from going through and entering and being seated as the Lord of the universe and the head of the church to help every believer in Jesus Christ. We have a great high priest who entered into God's own presence in heaven a seated high priest for his work is done. A high priest who makes intercession for us in the presence of God on the basis of his atonement. One who knows our situations and weaknesses and we will tell you one who sympathizes with us. One who does not drive us away when we come to him for help but one who receives us into his presence. One who helps us to deal with our every problem. Who is this one who is our elder brother? One whose purpose of incarnation and death was to bring many sons to glory. Great high priest, both perfect priest and perfect one who is both 
man and God. We are told Jesus, the Son of God. One person in two natures who can sympathize with our weaknesses. At the same time, he is almighty to help us. And this person's atonement is of infinite worth because he is God-man. Infinite worth to deal with our every sin. A medical priest could not help anyone. They were weak and imperfect. Their victim was animals whose blood cannot atone anybody's sins. So the Old Testament sacrificial system was pointing to the need of a perfect priest and a perfect victim. This perfect priest and perfect victim we have in Jesus, the Son of God. Number two reason. Not only we have a great high priest, we have a sympathizing high priest. Look at chapter 4 and verse 15. It says we do not have a high priest not able to sympathize with our weaknesses. What is the author saying? Remember we are told I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is a literary device called lit tortures means I am proud of the gospel. Double negative expressing a solid positive idea. So take a look at we do not have a high priest unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But what is he saying to us? We have a high priest able to sympathize with all our weaknesses, sir. Some people groan and moan and weep and wail. But why don't you look up to him who is able to do something about it? Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is mega high priest. Jesus is an able high priest. Do not ask, chapter 2 verse 18. Mighty high priest. He is Jesus, the Son of God. He is God-man. He was tempted high priest. He was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. He was tempted by Peter through the devil. In Caesarea Philippi, he was tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows all about temptation. His life was full of it. Every day he was tempted. He knows full well temptations, desertions, denials, defamations, mockings, scourgings. He knows injustice of every kind. Sirs, he and he alone is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He experienced temptations as a man, the full range of temptations and the full extent of temptations. As I said, he alone knows the full power of temptations because he alone resisted successfully every temptation. And he did not sin in any temptation. He was without sin. His sinlessness was achieved by his complete conquest of all temptations. 
chapter 7, verse 26 and 27. Such a high priest meets our need. Suppose he is a sinful high priest. He cannot meet our need. He himself needs a high priest and an atonement. Such a high priest meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins. He didn't have his own sins. And then for the sins of the people. And so on. Look at chapter 9, verse 14. Open your Bible. It will help you because you have a lot of weaknesses. Lord of weaknesses. 9.14, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, how unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. His atonement qualifies us to come to his presence. And Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. John 14, verse 30. And St. Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Sir, you do not worship a Greek God who is apathetic. One who is unfeeling. Therefore, one who cannot sympathize with you in your weaknesses and problems and troubles. We have a sympathizing high priest. Yes, Jesus is a sympathizing high priest. He sympathizes actively, not politicians. I feel your pain theoretical assertion, which is a fraud. What do I mean when I say he sympathizes with us actively? It means he sympathizes and comes to our help. And the word is used. Let's turn to chapter 10, verse 34. The word is used in terms of the sympathy of brothers to their brothers who are suffering. You sympathized with those in prison actively they helped them turn with me to chapter 13 and verse 3 remember those in prison what does that mean remember do something about them go and visit them go and give them food go and pray with them fellowship with them as people did with reference to saint paul in his prison life Turn to Second Corinthians. That is active sympathizing. Second Corinthians 9 verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves that is sharing their money. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. It's not some theoretical passive feeling of pain. This sympathizing high priest does something about it. Though he is seated on the right hand of God the Father, he is not so remote that he doesn't know anything about you. He knows all about you. 
turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 25 let me read from verse 35 on for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat that's sympathizing I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you looked after me I was in prison and you came to visit me and they asked how did we do that verse 40 I tell you the truth whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine you did it for me this is active sympathizing which he demands that we should do with our brothers then I want you to know he sympathizes with you actively constantly moment by moment he understands our weaknesses in fact he makes our weaknesses his weaknesses Isaiah 53 verse 4 quoted by Matthew in Matthew 8 verse 17 he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows he's not a stranger he is our elder brother he's the one who became incarnate because of our problem he suffered he died and he made atonement for our sins he made our problem his problem and we are told that the Holy Spirit is sent by Christ to help our weaknesses turn with me to Romans 8 and verse 26 you talk about weaknesses you need help God the Father helps you God the Son helps you God the Holy Spirit helps you the triune God helps you Romans 8 26 in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and so he prays through us and his prayer is heard with groanings that cannot be uttered sir we have a sympathizing high priest for my power is made perfect in weaknesses therefore sirs I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness as it is an apostle with full of weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me and when I am weak then I am strong look all you want about your weakness and meditate on it but after all that you go to him and he puts into you his strength to deal with your problem and we are told in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthened me he gives you mercy and grace to help us in a timely fashion he does not come late to help us he comes to help us when we need let me ask you then why are we afraid murmuring defeated let me give you the answer which is must be evident we are not holding fast to our confession we are not drawing near to our great high priest our sympathizing high priest our welcoming high priest 
we are not telling him our problems. So we are graceless and without mercy. Such people are self-sufficient. They think they can solve their problems without God. They lean on to their own understanding. They scratch their head and they solve their problem. Only that they couldn't do it. Let me give you an illustration given to us in Luke 11. There was a friend who visited a friend at midnight. And this friend, B, did not have any bread. So he went to another friend, C, in the middle of the night. And friend C said, I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to give you anything. I'm tired. I'm lying down. And the children are with me. But the friend didn't go away. He kept knocking, knocking, knocking. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, the door shall be opened to you. And finally the friend C got up and gave him all the bread he needed. Sir, that's what God is asking us to do. We have a friend. He is our brother. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is seated. And the door is open. Come to him anytime. Draw near is present tense, meaning continually draw near for our continuous need. He is our constant help. He is our permanent help. And he is our present help. Let me read to you Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in Are you tempted, sir? Are you troubled? You have problems, sir? Let me read this to you finally. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Thank God, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can bear under it. That's what grace is all. Would to God, sir, our great high priest is waiting. Our sympathizing high priest is waiting. Our welcoming high priest, in spite of all your sin, he is still welcoming you. He says, come, 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 come. Not to the earthly sign, but to the heavenly sign. To our great God. Jesus Christ let us pray Heavenly Father we pray that you help us to pay heed to the exhortations two of them given here to hold fast to our confession and to draw near to you with confidence that we may receive grace it is not some empty worship you, will, you are the source of grace you are the source of mercy. That we come to receive grace and find mercy. To find timely help. Solve our problem. Help us to come to you, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio. 
with the continuing Bible series from the book of Hebrews. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.